Guess who's back in the motherfucking house with two big tiggle bitties for your mouth. We can't do it like this, though. W-C-L-U-E. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Obsessed Podcast. It's Gia and Gareth and Mm -hmm. Nick, obviously. Today, we're going to be talking about Mariah Carey's 1999 effort, Rainbow. So, you guys, how do we feel about Rainbow, period? What's going on? Love it. End of episode. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really, I'm serious, you guys. I actually, ever since I've had my like, oh my God, Mariah, I'm mad at you. We're not talking today moment. I, the the way I've been reintroducing myself back into her has been through the Daydream album and the Rainbow album. And I kind of, in the past, kind of skipped over this one not so much by choice, but more so by chance. And I I don't know why I used to do this at all because the artwork is gorgeous and it's super eye-catching and I always want to listen to it. The songs are bangers. The layering is on point. And I, I kind of want to, for me, my, my goal for this is I want to know why I skipped over it so much. Like... What about it is so like forgettable, you know, like I don't like in the past for me, I want to know why. The consensus from the Lamely is that they say it sounds dated and that it's a uh, a sound of the time, which I don't really agree with. But I think it does have its 90s R&B stamp on, on it, though. It, it is up there with all of the Missy Elliott, Destiny's Child, you know, those big R&B records. Dare I say it, R. Kelly, Usher, you know those big R&B stars from that time. It does have a very late 90s as R&B was going into the new millennium kind of sound as well. But that kind of was reminiscent, what's the word? Reminiscent on Caution. But that was a really good point that you made. But that's the genius of Mariah is that she's always able to kind of work her sound into the sound of that time. Like you said, with caution and rainbow, absolutely, yeah. The emancipation of Mimi, um, memoirs, like right. That she's very good at about doing that. I do think as well. It's not as much of like not concept album, but you know, like what Butterfly is. Um, it doesn't flow quite like that. It's not this. There's lots of storytelling in Rainbow, and there's lots of descriptive moments in her lyrics. Really good lyrics in there. There's still lots of harmonizing and layering and big moments and whatnot. But it's just not the same as a mood piece as what Butterfly is. And I think in places, forgive me for saying this, and I I don't mean this wholeheartedly with it because I love Rainbow, I do feel it might be considered plastic in places because of the amount of samples used. It doesn't feel as if it's authentic as Butterfly and what's come before it. It's the afterbirth of Butterfly, right, Gia? Okay, okay. I mean, I think (laughs) I thought back to that and I think I need to credit Dan from the Mariah, or not Dan, I think it was Martin. I think Martin said that E equals MC squared was the afterbirth of, what's the one that came before that again? Uh, the, the big one. The okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big one. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Okay, okay. So I think he said that in a podcast and I was like, oh, okay. So Rainbow is totally the afterbirth of Butterfly then. and that's always kind of just stuck with me. 
because I feel there was something left over from uh, from Butterfly in Rainbow, but also it has that like, oh, this is TLC, Destiny's Child, 1999. And it has like this, I listened to the album yesterday and I found myself getting super excited for it, but also getting like super distracted and like not being able to get through all, get through it all the way. And partly that was because the news dropped about the big, the big Lotto Mariah remix. And then after that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting distracted, ADHD, documentaries, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. But I, (laughs) after like four attempts, I got through the whole album and I was like, nothing on here is really bad but only a few songs on here are like masterpieces we're gonna talk about that okay and also i i totally like from like a podcaster standpoint like i totally force myself to get through this album but when i'm like a casual listener i only go to like four songs so can we speak can we speak on this because i know i know i'm very attention deficit and all of these things, but what's the word? When butterflies on, it's like a journey and you're going through it. And I know in the liner notes of the album, it says that this album is a story and all the pieces are like a different moment or each song is like, you know, a little chapter in the story. It's a cohesive thing. And when I think about it all together, obviously it makes sense. Let me read the inner lining notes of the uh, CD. In a perfect world, human beings would coexist harmoniously like a rainbow, a multitude of colors, each layer vibrant and clear by itself, but in unison, boundless, breathtaking, celestial. This album chronicles my emotional roller coaster ride of the past year. If you listen closely, there's a story here with a very happy ending. After every storm, if you look hard enough, a rainbow appears. I think it's a really good storytelling album. It's it's interesting because um it's it, it was produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and it sounds a lot like uh the Janet Jackson album All for You with all the interludes and I love a Mariah interlude. Like I love me a Mariah interlude. But yes, that is their sound and I love I love that, but Rainbow to me is very nostalgic because I was really coming into my own as a young little gay boy. So I have a lot of nostalgia attached to it growing up. Yeah, I think mine's probably about the same thing because like I I was a teenager though um, when it came out, like 13, yeah, 13. And I was sort of like realizing who I am and what lifestyle choices, you know, I really sort of like not understanding my orientation, but becoming really confused by what, you know, what I'm into and that whole thing. This, I don't know, this is obviously like a whole heap of gay and I absolutely loved it. So I just feel that like its its sentiment is perfect. Uh, my attention was being drawn to a lot of like R&B. A lot of R&B sounded very similar to this at the time, like I sort of described earlier. So it was everything to me, this album in 1999 and 2000. And I, I do like to revisit it every so often and listen to it from start to finish. But like Gia's just said, I probably don't listen to... After the first half of the album, there's only a select few songs and it's probably the up-tempo songs that I listen to. I only have one skip on the album. One. I, I'm not trying to make this about somewhat love, but also I really love this album and it's mostly produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, right? 
Yeah. And yeah. then I, I just don't know. I it, And I love Janet Jackson and All For You. It just makes me wonder like what went wrong with Somewhat Love. And then um, also you were saying there are some skips on it, but Nick said you only had one skip. As I, I, listened, this, as I listened to this yesterday, I found a lot of things that I liked in the songs that I previously skipped. As I forced myself to listen to this album, y'all know I've got ADHD like a motherfucker, but I found certain things that I loved about songs that I previously skipped and like found value in each song. But ultimately I ended up having to skip the last song like halfway through because I was just like, no, I'm good. I I know how it's going to go. Like I have heard the things in it before. I, I'll take it for what it is, but let's just switch the last song with the remix. But we can get to that later. I love this album. It's literally in my top five. I I, I think it's my fourth favorite Mariah album. And that might just have to, a lot to do with my nostalgia attached to it and growing up with it. But I love this album. I, as Gia says, I don't have to force myself to go through it. I love to listen to Rainbow. Rainbow was like my quarantine album. I listen to it all the time. And I don't mean force myself like, gosh, like I have to listen to this album, but it was just like, I found myself distracted three times, three specific times trying to listen to this whole entire album. And also that is like the nature of the media I consume now is just shorter. Like I have been looking at a little bit more TikToks lately, you know, them bitches are only 15 seconds. So I'm just, you know, I get distracted easily. But it was a process for me to listen to it. Ultimately, I ended up getting through it all the way to the last song. (laughs) I feel like I sound terrible here. But it's just, I'm just a younger person, you know? Yeah, you you definitely have a different listening experience than I do with Mariah because you said yourself that you'll put Mariah on and just listen to her in the background. When I listen to Mariah, like I get the headphones on, I get candles going, I I pay attention the headphones on but usually i am doing other things at once as well and sometimes that can turn into like because for instance you know we're doing this for the podcast but also gia goes to beauty school she is doing other things she is doing other things so i'm going to listen to the album that i've heard many times before i'm going to go on a walk i'm also going to play with my hair in the mirror i'm gonna do other things so so I also am going to look at the news every now and then because the world we live in, boo, it's a mess. So also, it is just all a different listening experience because I am way younger. I'm I'm doing a whole bunch of different things. This isn't my favorite Mariah album, so it's not like I give it the glory of the candles and, and like the whole sit down moment. <laughs> oh, no, you know it's not. It's not. You know what I'm saying, right? Like it's I the don't give it the glory of the candles. No, I don't care. <laughs> I didn't give it its moment, which I'm sure I love this album. Okay. We can get into it track by track and we will do that. But as a whole, it just has pieces that are, I have problems with certain, certain amount of parts of several songs that it's just easy for me to be like okay let's do something else that's not that that doesn't mean i don't like it at all i love this album i understand completely what you're i understand what you're saying completely because with rainbow and myself like 
I've had it for all these years, but as I grew up and had it for longer and longer, there were more songs that I got attached to. And I'll get into that later with other songs, but I understand completely what you're saying. And it's not shade. It's really not. It's not. You have your the rest of your life to appreciate this album, and you will. Same with E equals MC squared. You'll get there one day. You have the rest of the, your life to give the glory from the candle. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, and, and hey, we're we're living a little bit in the past right now because I do. I am here for E equals MC squared. I am. I love E equals. It took a second. It took. But I was here when the single came out, bitch. I bought the single when the single came out. So, okay, don't come for me. <laughs> I made that bitch go to number one. <laughs> the, the 18th number one, the big one. The 18th number one is still the bigger one than the 19th, in my opinion. Until we get to 20, I think the 18th, just for so long, I was like, 18 number one. It's like, it's still, you know, because you know Mariah with her 18 number ones. That was yeah, we had that big old gap. There was that big yeah. old gap. And not, yeah. we were getting blessed twice a year with a number one. And then like we go like what? It was a few. Twelve years. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then all about the Christmas, it was kind of like a sigh of relief, like finally as well. Oh my god, finally and... it's not 18. Jesus. <laughs> no, but also, she still got it. Also for all I want for Christmas this year. <laughs> You saw him might no, be 25 years old, but she's still got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Justifying it's true. that number one. <laughs> it's true. And even all the shade I give Christmas did that. She fucking did that. All the respect to that. She really did. I've said over and over that all I want for Christmas is you is my favorite number one. It is. And I know you're going to hate on me for that. No, it's my favorite number one too. Like it's the, it is the one that I was there for. It's the one that I helped do. Like it's, it's the one that I was most present for. And I was like part of the Lamely for, I was living through it. I was streaming it every fucking day. I was streaming in my fucking, in my fucking sleep. Like that is the, that is the one that I really helped do. And I helped do it like a few years in a row. Like I, I burned myself out on Christmas because I helped that song go to number one. It isn't just like, oh, you hate Christmas. It's done this a few years in a row. Don't I'm act sorry. like you were streaming the number one, or don't act like you were streaming All I Want for Christmas in your sleep this year. <laughs> this year, I wasn't, because I was like, it's going to do its thing. I'm not worried. Yeah, that's same. how I felt. I, that's, I mean, I get what you're saying. It, after it went number one the first time, how many has it been now? Like four? I I have like three. I three. haven't, I didn't give it the same juice like I gave it the first time. The first time I started streaming in October. I start or before that even. Like it was ridiculous. Well, we don't have to out. anymore. We don't I have don't to do have that to. anymore. But that no, year, we, don't we did. To. We did have to that year. We the had first to time, make it happen. The first time we worked to make that happen. We really did. And it felt that way. And with the, the signed singles and everything, like it, I felt us get that to number one that year. But every other year, it, I was like, it's going to happen. It's yeah, not even going to be, it's not even going to be us. It's going to be whatever. But all yeah. I want for Christmas is you has a life of its own now. So it, it, we don't have to do it. Right. But we're on a tangent. So let's <laughs> scoot back. To, let's scoot back it's up a decade. <laughs> yeah. So let me give a little bit of facts about Rainbow. Rainbow was released on November 2nd, 1999. 
uh, the album was not supposed to happen. It was Mariah's attempt to quickly get out of her Sony contract. She recorded it within three months in Capri, Italy. Um, the iconic album cover was shot by David LaChapelle, and it's the album for the gays. Can we talk about the album cover since we left off on that? Let's talk about the yes. album cover. Yeah. Which one's your favorite? The front, the back, or the bed? Oh, that's so hard. I literally opened my vinyl yesterday and I was like, oh my gosh, this front cover is so fucking iconic. And I started, I literally got lost in the fucking barrette. And I was like, oh, this is, I know it's a flower barrette because I see it on the back all the time. But for years I was like, these are like die. They, don't they look like dice? Like in the front, they look like dice. But then I was like, no, in the back, they look like flowers. But in the middle, they look even more like flowers. So I got lost in this artwork and I could not pick a favorite whatsoever. When I first uh, loved the album, it was the back that I loved the most. But then I was like, no, the front's so iconic. But then I was like, but the middle's so sexy. I, I think that you can't... First of all, that's just the the vinyl. When I first bought the CD and it had the fold-out poster of the centerfold moment, yeah. it's a whole entire it's a whole entire thing. So each photo is iconic. I don't think that I have a favorite, but the front is obviously like the Zohan t-shirt. And I feel like everyone knows that Lotto was the front cover for Halloween. I think I if I had to choose, I'd probably go front, back, middle. But I love them all equally. Back <laughs> middle. Gareth, what's your favorite? I like, I do like the front. I like the fact that she's got her arms up. There is that outtake where she has her arms down. The back's cute. I think, I think everything is where it needed to be. I did go through a phase where I thought that the Can't Take That Away single cover would have been great for the Rainbow album cover. And then the back would have been with the track listing would have been the slightly more zoomed in one where she's standing right next to the unicorn. And then maybe inside there would be the three photos that we got. Um, but I'm not so sure anymore. I think it is perfect as it is. Yeah, That's... and we can get into the single covers later too because every, oh, this is my this is my favorite era for pictures, period. Besides butterfly. Period. Besides period. butterfly. But every single cover is on fucking point. Every picture Period. in this album is on fucking point. There's not like Heartbreakers covers red. It matches. Thank God I found Jesus blue and it's fucking gorgeous. Like we can get into those. We will get into those, but we got to talk about this album though. First, one thing you said before Nick, a fact about this album, it was made in three months. Again, she fucking did that. No matter how much I forget, quote unquote, forget about this album. I always remember, like, Gia, no matter what you feel about it, this bitch put that together in three fucking months, and she was going through it while it was going on, and we will get into that as well, but for what it is, it is a masterpiece. It is its own moment. It is a work of art, and I just, I want to give it the respect it deserves in this podcast that I don't give it while listening to it and i feel bad about it but i i'm gonna pass the torch here because i could go on but yeah she said herself that she uh she locked herself in that uh she lived above the recording studio and just stayed there all the time to record this album that's insane to me as well yeah it's a huge thing that i think about through every moment of the album like gia you might not like that but girl like 
we're trying to get out of Sony. Like, Gia, you might not like this, but bitch, we did that in like 10 minutes. Like, girl, what? Like, honey. Like, it feels <laughs> like, like you compare this album to something that took way longer, like Me, I Am Mariah. Come on. This is a work of fucking art. It's a, it's, it's a fucking statue. Like, do you think it was like a pressurized thing? Like she thought, I've got to get this done in three months. Or do you think it, she just went in every single day, hammered it out, and then three months it was done? I think that I, I really believe, in my humble opinion, that she was really hellbent on getting away from Sony. It, it, this is right after she divorced Tommy. She was just, she was ready to go. She was ready to start new. And that's how I see it. If you're forced into a smaller time frame or if, and you're working under that pressure the creating something and having to like think straight in order to create something and be inspired to write lyrics i mean i guess the tension was there for her to write the lyrics and stuff but thinking of samples and thinking of who to work with and actually going into the studio to work with them and then you know making these things develop into what we got i don't know how me as personally as an individual obviously we're all different but like i don't know how that would come so sm smoothly as what we've got now as a finished package if you're under pressure. No, and she says in the book, there was, Rainbow was released the following year and was very, and was a very different endeavor than number ones, which was a compilation album. It was much more involved for obvious reasons. There was a huge push to get it done. So I wrote and recorded Rainbow in three months, period. She fucking did that. Boom, straight from the book. Okay. Bitch, let's fucking talk about this album. It starts off with Heartbreaker. How do we feel about it? I love Heartbreaker. Fun fact, Heartbreaker was the first video I ever streamed online. It, it premiered as an AOL exclusive. And I remember it was buffering throughout the whole video. That I, I remember that very vividly. Also, the Heartbreaker um, album cover is my favorite single cover from Mariah Carey ever. I am obsessed with it. So I think the first time I heard Heartbreaker, it was on the Greatest Hits album. And I was like thoroughly obsessed with this woman at this point. And I just remember hearing the sample of the Stacey Lattisor Attack of the Name Game. And I was enveloped by all of the different vocal harmonies and the whistles and the layering of everything. And I was super into Butterfly. And like, I didn't know it was Butterfly, but songs from Butterfly, like, you know, because I kind of, I kind of got into Mariah's number ones before I got into like as a lamb, a newer lamb, fresh into it, like finding Mariah on YouTube. My first song that really drew me in was Vision of Love and it was live performance. But then YouTube kept suggesting the videos and the, the songs and everything. And then I downloaded the greatest hits. So my first memories of it was just the song and not the video the video came later for me I had to listen to it so many different times because I was like I need to know each part I need to know every layer that's going on I need to I need to just I needed to absorb it like several different times and I probably played it like a week straight just getting everything together and learning all the lyrics and just absorbing it because it's such a <sighs> Heartbreaker, the original song featuring Jay-Z, the first track on the album, is such a big song that it was overwhelming for me. Uh, yes, yes, I was going to say that. When I first heard 
uh, heartbreaker for the very first time. I was very overwhelmed because there's so much going on in that song. And to piggyback off the layering, the layering at the end where she's doing all those verses, like three or four verses over each other, iconic. It's just fucking iconic. Classic Mariah Carey. And it's like so gay too, like you said, Garrett. Like it's so iconic. It's so R and B pop, but also like the runs and the vocals are so fucking extra. And it, it just reminds me of like when when like TikTokers and YouTubers make like video parodies of like different types of singers, and it's like the one who's extra as fucking does ad libs on every note, and it's like heartbreaker. And it, and it's it just it reminds me like people. I feel like she created a style of singing that's just like let's just be extra on everything and it'll all connect eventually and Heartbreaker does that in a way that's like extra not that extra you know what I mean it's it's very very in keeping with what Mariah is known for but I feel like all of her yeah. ad-libs and runs throughout this whole album are extra but I know what you mean like Heartbreak, I think it's the second chorus. There's something in it feels like it's like pushed to the back a little bit. And it's I think she's saying Heartbreak, you got the best. Um it just doesn't seem like it's at the front. I don't does that make sense? No. <laughs> so <laughs> she says, You got the best. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And in the second chorus, you mean? Not you yeah. said second verse. You said second verse. That's oh, did why. I? Yeah. In the second chorus, when when Mar- the, all the Mariahs are going heartbreak, you got the best of me. Lead Mariah says, you got the best. And she goes super high in a high belt. Yes. yes. And there's, yes, all the layers build. And it is the first verse or the first chorus just has like all of the Mariahs and then the main Mariah whispering over it. So that's like super, like if it was a ballad per se, you know how Mariah's like first chorus is like just the whispery moment and it's not super loud and in your face. Then maybe like the second one is super extra, like my all, you know, the first one's a whisper. The second one's very belty and very extra. And then the third one is like, oh, you thought the, the second one was super up there? Like watch what we can do here. You know, this one is giving us that, but like with layers like the roof, as well and throughout the whole song do you guys get where i'm going with this yeah i see where you're going with it, it but a I pop comp- song and not a ballad i kind of compare it to the roof though with all that layering because she does that stylistic layering that she does on the roof with that and that's one of the things from mariah carey that i love more than anything probably my most favorite vocal things that she does is when she layers those vocals with all these different choruses and lyrics it's it's just orgasmic. <laughs> yes, I agree. It's one of my favorite things that she does. And that's why I compare this song to the roof in several ways. Do we want to get even more deep into it? Or how are we feeling about Heartbreaker, you guys? Well, there's a fun fact about Heartbreaker uh, that it was supposed to be on the Glitter album. This was also when this was also Bianca's debut, and the dance remix is Hot Tamale. Oh, we could get into all the remixes too. We don't have to, but I really love this dance mix, the uh, Junior's dance mix. I Junior's and I love mix. the, I love the if you should ever be lonely mix. If you should well. ever be lonely as well, yeah, amazing. Do we want no, to talk should... about the video? I'm down. I, mean, I think we should. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty iconic video. 
Well, the Heartbreaker video was really, really cinematic. It was like, wasn't it her most expensive video at the time to make? Yeah, I think it was the most expensive video ever, period. And then she had Jerry O'Connell at the end, which I thought was a little bit cheesy, but I, I never saw him as the ideal boyfriend in my eyes, but yeah, he was like, that was a choice. But I think that's the point of the video, though, is like she was trying to get over him, like spill the drink on him at the end, like bye. Like, even though the song is like, heartbreaker you got the best of me but i just keep on coming back the video is more like oh we're gonna tell him off like no i'm over him which is kind of different than the song but also it has something i don't like about the video is that it's like oh i'm gonna fight the girl because my guy's cheating and that's something like very 90s music video you know (laughs) it's super this is this is quintessential Oh, my boyfriend treats me like shit, but oh my God, I can't like leave him Ashanti foolish. Like, oh my God. Like, it's very, very 90s. It's almost like a cartoon in itself in a way. I mean, it's very much like, it's very animated throughout. Obviously, we know about the whole Greece connection. They're in the same cinema that was in Greece. There's that shot where they're in the bedroom on the cinematic screen where that's taken from Greece as well. I think the Sandy song, I don't even know the name of that song. It's very animated throughout, like you've just said as well, Gia. The fight scene, that's like, is it Rocky? Sandra D is the song. Oh, you can tell how many times I've seen Greece. From um, Greece, yeah. But also, that's the alternative version of the video. The original yeah. one just has Cartoon Mariah. That's the first time we got Cartoon Mariah. Yeah, wasn't that the debut of Cartoon Mariah? Yes. I'm pretty sure. I love me some Cartoon Mariah. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the newer Cartoon Mariah. Yeah. Which which one do you prefer out of the two? Do you prefer that one or do you prefer the one with Jay-Z? I, I prefer the one, well, I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me, to be honest. I like the to more me, the cartoon one, Mariah one. The one with the cartoon is more iconic. It's the original one, I, but... Jay-Z coming in two weeks, sign. Yeah, I, I, I heard that apparently he couldn't make the video shoot, so that's why that that's the some kind of like inside jokes apparently he wasn't available for another two weeks but they had to do the video then so then they shot his part separately the jacuzzi one and then they added that later that's why there's two versions i have no idea i heard that it was something (laughs) (laughs) track two can't take that away okay uh i have a lot to say about can't take that away i never liked the song when i was growing up it was just, I when I was younger, I never really loved the big power ballads by Mariah. But this is one of those Mariah songs that I've learned to really, really appreciate as I grew into adulthood. This is one of those songs. I hated the video. There was a competition for the video for Lambs to be in the video. And actually, Caleb sent in a tape to try and be in the video, but obviously he didn't make it into it. She paid to have it released. This was the last single that she released from uh rainbow but she had the the label didn't want her to release it for some reason or another so she released it and she paid for everything as well as the video which she recorded in japan and it's the gayest single cover i've ever seen in my life but i live for it it's very it's very storybook to me with the unicorn the 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 distance that you can see in the woodland the the rainbow in the background and she's just there with her well that's kind of like see-through shoes and a little dress it's very i don't know like disney cover of a a disney movie or something and i I do think it could have been a cute cover for the album it would have been very extra 
and um, the vocals were already quite extra in this. So it would have been a very extra album, and it already is. So I think they toned it down a little bit, and it's, it works nicer. So I think it's, it is nicer as a single cover for that. Not quite sure how I feel for that song, but um, yeah, I mean, it's a big ballad. I didn't really like it at first. I thought, it's too much too soon, and I thought I could take anything... Later on, as I heard other songs like Through the Rain or even Out Here on My Own, um, which is apparently for All That Glitters, which, you know, like you said before, Heartbreaker was uh, supposed to be for that originally. So I do feel that another ballad could have been in place, but I, it grows on me. Every time I listen to it, the older I get, I do feel a little bit more warmth towards it. I don't know. It's just not the one for me, you know? Okay, so can't take that, can't take that away. Hey, Trico, I miss you, baby. Can't take that away is a is in the same vein as like a hero uh, ballad sort of inspirational song. And I hear what you guys are saying. Like uh, my first experience with Can't Take That Away was actually the music video. I was watching a documentary about Mariah because I had recently just become obsessed with her. And... Beyonce was talking about her and she was like oh my gosh she's my inspiration when I was growing up she had all the best videos and when she said that there was a video of her and the shot with her curly hair and those um green shorts and the gray top and she was waving her hands around and like she had all the plants around her and the windows and I was like I need to find this video and I eventually found it and it 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 almost just impresses me vocally more than moves me motivationally. And that's where I stand with it. It it love the lyrics. I can identify with them, but it's I'm gonna use the word extra and we keep using it a lot, but it's so extra that I just it's almost shouty to me. And I don't I, I appreciate it, but I don't for that song when I need motivation. I look for more of a hero make it happen. So that's how I feel about Can't Take That Away. The good point that you made from that is like what you said about, I don't think about it motivationally. I think about it for its vocal standout. And that that rings true for me as well. I don't really like, I hate saying this. I don't get much from Can't Take That Away because when that when that song, when we first heard Rainbow, it was always a lamb favorite because Lambs loved and still love those strong vocal ballads from Mariah. But I understand completely about what you're saying about it. Yeah, and me, I'm more of a remix lamb. I'm more of an R&B lamb post-butterfly, butterfly lamb. So the big ballads are not, the. it's very, it's not very music box, but it the big ballads are very music box to me. I think Can't Take That Away could have fit better had she swapped after tonight and can't take that away around i feel it would have played nicer as after tonight it's it's not as shouty as you said gia like for can't take that away because can't take that away it's it just bridges heartbreaker to the rest of the album for me however it does have the same kind of magic as certain like ballads you know she wrote it with david foster and diane warren it was actually produced by david foster as well as Mariah Carey. So I feel like they've recaptured the same kind of magic as what she had with Walter Afanasiev. So they could have continued, but it doesn't replace anything. See, to me, it doesn't give me Walter Afanasiev. It gives me trying to do that, 
And to me, the ones that she did with Walter are just superior. Like, didn't she do Lead the Way with Walter and that's the last song they did together? Yes. Like, when I put Lead the Way up to Can't Take That Away, it's just like, come on. Yeah. See, like, that's that's how I feel about that. But also, we cannot talk about Can't Take That Away without mentioning the Morales Revival Triumphant mix. For me, that's the version that I like. When I saw Mariah on tour, that's the version that she performed. And it's just more of a mood. It's more of a vibe. So I I feel the lyrics in all that way. But she gives me the remix and like the funk that I need to like stay cruising and like stay motivated. So if I'm going to choose a motivational moment, it's the remix. Period. It's it's in one of my top three favorite Mariah dance mixes ever. It's so good. The the speaking at the beginning of it, it, it just chills. I love it. It's such a and good like, remix. And the background vocals, like choir-esque sounding backgrounds. Yeah. It's very good. It's so good. All the dance mixes from this album are good. Amazing. Do you think it could have been a better song if it had had an R&B remix? Maybe in the same vein as the Through the Rain remix or something like a bit more gospel-y. Okay, now that you're, I okay, when you first said R&B remix, I was kind of like, I don't know, Gareth. But when you said Through the Rain, that is the version of Through the Rain that I go to more. And it is the, it gives me more motivation. So it could have been a, a pick-me-up for sure. But I'm very happy with the club mix that we got. And I know she was working tirelessly in this era. So I can't imagine her coming out with another one. And there's another R&B remix off of mm-hmm. a song that, you know, we're going to get to eventually and we will get to that one. And that's probably my favorite remix from this album. So we will get there. Okay. But yes, R&B remix would have been cute-ish, uh, hopefully. But, you know, it didn't happen, so... The cover gives me more of a fantasy vibe, but you know, she looks like a little fairy in it. It's so <laughs> she looks like a fairy. I'm looking but at it also, right now, but also the actual cover doesn't have the unicorn. It's like the poster that has the unicorn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My it was cover is the tour book. It was used at the tour book as well. Yes, the tour book. Okay, perfect. So I guess we can move along right along then. So the next track on Rainbow is Bliss. I love Bliss. I, I love Bliss as well. I think Bliss is too much whistle. And that's the reason why it was. it's hard for me to get through Bliss. Like I said, I found myself appreciating certain things about certain songs. And Bliss was one of them. I felt at the very end, she has these beautiful background vocals in her raspy uh, voice where she's like come give me some more she's got that that little rhyme at the end and it's very cute and I found myself falling in love with bliss in a certain way that I hadn't before but otherwise I think there's too much whistle so with that let's get into bliss you guys that was like her first like high note showcase she was like kind of flexing I remember I when I used to go through my spiel about Mariah Carey about Mariah Carey has the most number ones of any female artist of all time, blah, blah, blah. I would say to the haters, listen to track three on Rainbow because it was just so iconic to me. And her just talking in her high voice, it's it's so iconic to me. And it's a bedroom song. 
Oh yes, it's the baby making song of Rainbow. The beat as well in it, like when the beat just like knocks, it's just, I don't know, it's, it, I feel like it's probably one of her best baby making songs. There's not many, but I feel like it's one of her best. Probably because of the high note, making it sound a bit orgasmic. I quite like the high note. There's loads of harmonies in there. I think it's such a beautiful song. I'm not quite sure how I feel like an element of cringe when I hear Mariah sing baby making songs though. So it has to have something for me, like a, a belt or some harmony or a high note like this. But I, I do like this one. To me, Mariah's like best baby making. <laughs> her, her sexy song is the impossible for me, even though like I don't love most of memoirs. I just think that Blitz is so ridiculously, like, it's ridiculous to me. I think that I'm, I feel like I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but like, it's too much for me because it's vocally more impressive than I connect with it emotionally. And it's like, why, why am I listening to this? Like, I don't want to hear Mariah in the bedroom. Like when she hits those whistles, I'm like, okay like girl chill like i get it i i get the point like i get the point girl it's cute it's cute it's cute but that's not on my playlist for when i'm getting down so that's how i feel about that's how i feel about bliss well bliss isn't one well bliss isn't one of those songs that you listen to over and over and over again you go to it special times but I don't go to it at special times. That's that's how I feel. You don't about really it. go to it. <laughs> I don't really I don't really go to it. Yeah. But it, I I do appreciate it more than I did. I do. Yeah, same. Yeah. I think I think I, no pun intended, I think I slept on it more so than what I do now. It's not like I can go to it and be like, let me put on bliss, like, you know. I can sit through it and I, do, I can enjoy it when I listen to the album from start to finish. I don't want to turn it off anymore. I think when Rainbow came out, I was always <laughs> skipping that and can't take that away. But same, that's my, same. That's my point though. Like, I don't want to just sit through an album because like I'm forcing myself to sit through the whole album. For me, the whole point of Butterfly was like, Gia, you found the album that is like every song on here should have been the single like every song because when I was growing up music was the radio the number one the single it wasn't the album that came out the artist the vibe the moment it wasn't that so Mariah changed the way I listen to music so for me Rainbow is an album that reminds me of an album that other artists make where there are the big songs on it and there are the other songs that's like, okay, you need to fill this album up because it's an album. But it's Mariah, so it's all good. But it's it's not all great. Like Butterfly, for me. Or even Daydream or the debut. Like Bliss is just a flex song. I don't sit around and be like, oh, I want to listen to Bliss. It's just it's it just comes with the album experience to me. I don't like go to Bliss to be like, oh, because like when you listen to Mariah's songs, you want to sing along with it. You can't sing along with Bliss. You can whistle along to Bliss, but it's just not a song that you just go to, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, for me, it's just there. And there are things I appreciate about it. And there are things that I think could have been different. I'm glad Bliss exists, though. Oh, I'm glad it I'm glad it exists. And it totally is like the first version of my hair by Ariana. Like Ariana was totally inspired by Bliss when making certain things, I'm sure. Period. But, yeah. 
And now we're on to track four, How Much? And this is my skip song. <gasps> I hate this song so much. I never listen to this song. It's annoying to me. I don't love it. It's one of my least favorite Mariah Carey songs ever. Why? Fucking I don't know. It's just so cheesy to me. I don't know what it is. It might be the Usher thing. I've never really loved Usher. It's sampled from the Machiavelli, Me and My Girlfriend song, which is good on its own. It's just, I don't know. I just, I don't like this song at all. Okay, so for me, like, I can get where... Like, I used to skip this song, and obviously I skip Rainbow all the time, so it's not like I'm always checking for this song currently or anything, but as I listened to it, the album yesterday and I got to how much, I was like, okay, this is normally a song that I would skip, but we're listening to this album, so how is this song? Nothing, like, stood out to me about it, except there were, like, a couple things lyrically that I didn't like that were, like, very obsessive. But also that could be the nature of the story of the album. Like, you know, I'm getting here that this is probably like a Derek Jeter storyline album, of course, like and mixed yeah, intertwined with the with the label and her family, you know, and then Luis Miguel at the end. That's just my theory. But, you know. There were just some things that sounded very obsessive in the lyric, like that sounded very toxic relationship like. And I I want to get to I want to wait till we get to the last song to talk about Luis Miguel or a few songs in a few songs down before we talk about Luis Miguel because we're I don't talking about we're, Luis Miguel next. I, are we at that part in the story yet? Yeah, well, after tonight, I don't think that's about Luis Miguel. We'll get there. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But I know it's I not do... about Luis Miguel. It, okay, well, well then we ahead. can start talking about Luis Miguel then because I feel like after seeing. The Luis Miguel, I know this isn't like a fact or anything, but I saw the Luis Miguel Netflix show. And after listening to a lot of these lyrics in in this very 90s album, a lot of it sounds very toxic relationship-like. So I, I really was trying to listen to this thing and like give this whole thing a moment. But you listen to Heartbreaker and you listen to to Bliss and How Much and After Tonight it was just very toxic to me because she's going back to things that she knows aren't good for her. She's in bed with things probably that are not good for her. And then she's t- in how much she's like, um, let me find it. I've got the lyrics out right here. Just one second. Essentially you're all I'm living for. And basically each day I need you more and more, you know, it's yeah. not, I don't think that sort of thing is very good for somebody even if it's just like at the end of the day, it's a measly old song here. But these are coming from Mariah. And after seeing the toxic relationship dynamic in the Netflix special of the Luis Miguel thing, how petty they were with each other, I can only imagine how ridiculous this sort of celebrity type relationship stuff is going. And that for me is what stuck out in the song more than anything. And I didn't really care about the Usher parts. I didn't really care about the Mariah parts. It's not a skip and it's not an I'm going to go listen to it. It's just there. It's a filler song. It's a filler song. Yeah, it is. It definitely is a filler song. And I think that to me, Usher ruined it. But this is, but you have to understand that this was around the time when Usher came out with Confessions. And I think Mariah was just trying to get him on a track. I don't know. I just, I don't like this song. I think this song could have been a, a single. 
I'm going to need you to stop right there. What are you talking <laughs> a, a single? Yeah. A single? But listen to what Compared Garrett has to, to say. Because I know I'm what gonna Garrett listen, is going to say. I'm going to listen, but... Okay, I know okay. what he's going to say. You, because... If you know what he's going to say, then let's then you say it or let's hear it. Because that... Well, I got to pee. I got to pee anyway. A, well, I'm not going to speak for Gareth, but I think what Gareth is about to get at is that Usher was the biggest thing at that time. Right. I was at school and there was loads of girls in my class and stuff. Everyone was banging on about Usher and there was all these pictures. They'd bring in posters. They had stickers on their pencil case and whatnot. And it was Usher. And there was pictures of him like with his torso showing and everything. And he was huge. And I remember then hearing certain songs. I think You Make Me Wanna. I can't remember the rest. They Confessions. Were, um, yeah, they were like on TV. They were being played, you know, um, on the radio. So... It was a decent move to have Usher on a song on on Rainbow at that time, of course. Should it have been this song? Dunno. But I do think the song is quite cute as like summer moment. But then that would have taken us to 2000. It could could it have been the last song from Rainbow? I don't know. I do think it could have been planned a bit better to be a single. I just don't yeah. know what instead of maybe as an um, a double A side, but then again, you know, we got can't take that away and cry, baby. So I don't quite know where it would have fit as a single, but I think it's single worthy. I can imagine. Well, and also, also the label wasn't really trying to push her, so right. I'm I'm assuming this was her doing to get this collab done. You know, I'm sure they're not trying to like boost her up and like help her at this point, right? So, yeah. yeah. I think she, she could busted, have done something. She busted this out in three months, right? So that's see, that's yeah. where I always go back to. She busted this out in three months, but also, it, I don't think this song could have been a single whatsoever. It I does could, not. Sorry, I could see them though. pushing it. I could see them trying to push it as a single because, like I just said before. Usher was the moment when R Rainbow was released. You could not go anywhere or turn on MTV or do anything without hearing an Usher song. It was literally the biggest album of that year. He was insanely popular. It was kind of crazy. He was like the moment. But, okay, so well, I could, since, since you guys want to put it in single category, it absolutely could not have been a number one. I'm not putting play. it in a single. I'm okay, but you guys, you, okay, but I'm, okay, well, I'm saying since it was put out there, it would absolutely not ever have been a number one period point blank. I know, so think never. it has the, the Mariah magic to make it a Mariah number one. If it was in, if it was to go to number one, it probably would have been purely just because of Usher. I mean, Mariah was hot at the time as well, so it, possibly because of that, but it doesn't offer anything vocally, not really. Yeah. You know, like, Maybe if there were like a few remixes with uh, Machiavelli on it, but yeah. I don't know if she kind of like reworked it, like maybe in like a My All Stay Well kind of way, mm -hmm. but... Okay, the if there were remixes, it could have been a different story, but it's not. It, there, there are not. It is the Justice song, and <laughs> to me, this song is like... It's too much. Not how much is too much. Literally <laughs> too much. Yeah. Not how much. Too much. <laughs> okay, so the next track, track five, After Tonight. My All Part Two. My All Part allegedly. Two. My all part it two, is. yes. Okay, part there two we of go. three. How do we feel about but, this song? I'm going to go back to what we were talking about, Luis Miguel, before, and why I brought that up. Because originally, this was supposed to be a duet with Luis. And it just fell through. And, like, they talked about it. Like, it was going to happen. They were putting, like, press releases out about it and everything. And it just never happened. But I love After Tonight. How can you not love After Tonight? It is my all part two. 
I, I think it's a great song. It's It was written with Diane Warren and David Foster again. David Foster had produced it with Mariah. It's got the Latin Spanish uh, feel to it, which was huge at the time. You know, we'd had Ricky Martin, Enrique Iglesias, um, somebody from the Spice Girls released the Spanish on it was huge as well. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, there was, there was, it was the music market, no matter what country, was saturated at this point with music yeah. that was very sort of like heavily Spanish influenced or even like slightly you know it was always there and that summer was huge for this kind of music and she'd already done this you know we've got elements of it for i don't want to cry we definitely got it in my all so why not put it out off the back of this i don't want to say movement but this moment and vocally it's it's great there's a few bits where it's i don't even know what she's singing where she's just like uh uh, like behind and I'm just like mm, don't know how that needs to be there um, you mean in the background in the backgrounds yeah. oh okay. yeah there's a bit of distortion on the key change at the end but it's very quick um but other than that I love this song and it's a Derek Jeter song allegedly okay to me after tonight and the entire my all series of songs First of all, it's amazing that she has that sort of like talent to create a trilogy of songs on different albums. Like she has it with um, Underneath the Stars and Fourth of July as well. Like that's like a part one and part two. And then, or at least that's what it feels like. But this is like a full on, you can tell, I'd give my all to have just one more night with you. Okay, but after, after that night, will you still be there? only wanted you to stay after that night and that is amazing period point blank that is phenomenal it's genius but my all is superior to both of those songs that's how i feel and there's no comparison my all just has the polish on it to make it a number one those other songs if you compare them my all has that special thing that it has that um what's that fucking guy's name again walter it has that walter thing that what's that guy's name again yeah (laughs) i don't know him so it has it has it has that special thing on it that just makes it better than the other songs and i can't help but feel that whenever i listen to it it's like i love this song why am i not listening to my all do you think that this could have been a number one for her no, it does. I um, literally just it does yeah. not have the same sort of magic. It does not have the same sort of drive that last the beginning sort of each song has the same sort of whisper first chorus belted second and then very ridiculously belted third moment. And they all have that Spanish Venezuelan moment. And they're all amazing. But the third one has that water droplet thing that I fucking hate. And we can talk about that when we talk about Charm Bracelet. It's so annoying on the third one. They're pretty much ranked from when they came out. My all, After the Night's number two. There you and go. then I only yeah. wanted is number three. Exactly. exactly. But there, that doesn't mean it's any less amazing that she did that. But whenever I hear both of those songs, I can't help but feel like this is just my all part two. This is just my all part three. Because that's how we introduced it. We literally introduced this song as my all part two. Like we had to say it. We had to say it. It's do- it doesn't have what my all has. It's not my all. 
it's after tonight. I don't know, dare I say it. It's kind of like um, a regurgitated version of my oil. It's kind of like my oil spat out after tonight in a way. That's almost where the afterbirth of butterfly thing comes in for me, even though I totally heard that from Martin. From the Mariah Port. Check them out, you guys. The best podcast ever. Literally, I want to do an episode. You guys, keep this in the episode right here. I want to do an episode on the Mariah Report one day. I think that would actually be a really fun episode. Like, because I've got a fun story to tell about how I how I um got into them. So I think it would be a really fun experience. So, anyways, after tonight, it's mile part two. There we go. That's my opinion. Bottom line. Period. Uh, Shall we move on, or does anybody have anything else to add to? After tonight, I don't think there's anything else I could say about it other than like the Luis Miguel drama. Yeah, there was there was a lot of drama with it, and it was talked about being a single for a while, and then it just kind of disappeared, and then never talked about again. Right, but also I feel like the label. You know how they make those decisions. I I do think that if they didn't want that to go out as a single, I think it's the right decision because. You have Can't Take That Away in the remixes. You have other things like Cry Baby and other songs that are fresh and more current. You don't need to put out My All again. You know, My All went to number one. All right. Uh, track six is Ex-Girlfriend. I love this song. This song is hated by the Lamely for some reason. I don't get it. It's my third favorite song on the album. I love Me and Mariah Bitch track. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I love this song. Okay, so Ex-Girlfriend, it's co-written by Candy Burris. So Candy Burris was um, from Escape, and she wrote No Scrubs, Bills, 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 Boogaboo. So I do feel it's very of the time for her to work with her. I'm surprised we didn't get a second moment on the album. Candy Burris was really hot 1999, 2000, 2001 as a songwriter she still does write and i think it, it was such an uh, a really ballsy song to put out for mariah at this time it feels like a clap back to even though it came out before he wasn't man enough for me by tony braxton i feel like those songs like are really good together but uh, i do like the song and i'm gonna sound a little bit repetitive here but i do feel like it is single worthy we couldn't have had this and all the other singles and how much of course Again, I don't know what you would replace it with as a single, but it, it I could I think it would have a killer video. I just I think that it's a lost opportunity that it's not bigger. Yeah, it was very much the sound of the time. Like you said, no scrubs and all those songs, bills, 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 and all that two thousands music. It was very much that. It was produced by Shakespeare Briggs. That's what it says in my liner notes. Oh, yeah. Candy's worked. Um, I don't know if that's a man or a woman, but uh, Candy has worked with that person for on quite a few songs. So. Yeah, it says Candy know, and Shakespeare I know it's, kind, it's kind of spelled like she-sphere, like right. she. Right, yeah. Also, I feel like I can't get into this song without being like, I know Candy Burris from De- not Desperate Housewives, The Real Housewives of is it Atlanta. One of, of it's the one with uh, with Nini is the show with Nini leaks um obviously and then she's like the one who's like I'm a singer songwriter and I remember her being like I'll go with Mariah and all of that so that's how <laughs> I know the song that's how I know her um but also to me this song used to be a skip 
And it does sound like a Tony song for me and a TLC song, but obviously Candy wrote it. So that makes a lot of sense to me now, obviously knowing that. I mean, I knew that, but back in the day, I didn't, I didn't keep up with this sort of thing. Like who wrote shit, who produced stuff, you know? I'm just a casual listener back in the day. So like I said, it used to be one of the songs that I skipped. Like how much was a song that I skipped? Ex-Girlfriend was a song that I skipped and a few others were songs that I skipped in the past. But upon listening to it again, I didn't have any problems with it. And also a notable moment for this song is Christopher Buckle performing, like coming up in drag almost and like performing it with Mariah on the Rainbow Tour. So like I kind of have like, that moment in my head with it too so like I don't knock it at all I don't have any problems with it but it's not my favorite but I don't dislike it if that makes any sense to me it's not filler but it's not like the moment I feel that I'm so grateful we have this song same I just love this song I like the ex-girlfriend I love that I I love a Mariah Bitch track it's almost it's not the same as but it's almost in the same vein as a no-no, I feel. I feel like a no-no. It really is, kind of, yeah. It captures that same element. I know it has a a 90s sample, but that was before 99. It still has, like, that same element. Okay, so the next one is the Heartbreaker remix featuring Debrat and Missy. I'll start off by saying I felt really gypped when she made this, like, A track on the album and it it wasn't just a track on like her single release i felt like that was really lazy to me but this is uh mariah's most favorite version of heartbreaker to me i don't like this version as much as the original and i what i like about it is that it's easier to sing than the original and i like to like tickle bitties in your mouth like rap Verses on it i i like that i i don't think that it's like lazy looking back i don't think it's lazy but in the moment i could see how it's lazy like girl you're putting the remix on the album like what is that but like i like how she did that with lover boy even though i know you don't like that i like how she did that with through the rain i like how she started making that a moment but yeah for how many quote-unquote skip slash filler tracks there are I do think it's a bit cop-out like that she's gonna put one of the bigger sounding moments is like a same it's a similar version of the first song on the album I do not have many feelings about this song it's not it's not it for me the most excited I get for this is when she does the remix version into the original version live on tour and to me, that's more exciting than like fully listening to the entire remix version. Like I like to anticipate the original because you know she can't not do the original. To me, the original is better. It's to me, it's bigger. Even though if she likes it better, if it was more iconic, I wasn't there in '99. You know, I was a fucking child. I was a baby. So looking back as a retrospective lamb, as a you know a nightmare era lamb. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is it is what it is i can't make it what it isn't and the video is is what the moment is for me the video is cute i like the black and white i like the shorts i like the roller skates i like the fight with bianca in the mud or whatever isn't that mud or something yeah 
Do they have a or do they have a mud fight? I don't think they have a mud fight. They get into some sort of altercation. You don't quite see it. Look, it's something going yeah, on, this, or foam, this. or there's suds or something. I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, is there? I it might is. be. I'm. I might be tripping. No, it is. It's, it, but they're sort of like planning their move, and as soon as what, um, as soon as one of them goes to take a move, it cuts to a different scene, and then the last thing you see is when Mariah pulls her down by a leg or something. So that's you don't see too much okay. of it. It's a mud fight, fight vibe. It's a, it's like two bitches in the mud pool vibe. You know, that's how that's what I get from it. I like that more than oh, my boyfriend's cheating on me, so let me fight the girlfriend. Even though that video is iconic, the pink crop top is iconic. The barrette, the everything, the girls with her, the baggy jeans, like everything, the ripped jeans, everything. The movie theater, bitch, Jerry O'Connell, everything. <sighs> It's it's just not the original heartbreaker for me. The thing I remember the most about the video is that it was the most popular video version of Heartbreaker. And I do remember them playing it on TRL all the time. I don't remember much about the original Heartbreaker being on MTV, but I always remember the remix video being on MTV, like always. See, when I asked my, I asked my um, beauty instructor, teacher, I've got 500 hours of beauty school. I asked my um, instructor to play Heartbreaker. She put on the remix. That's the one she picked. Yeah. It was the most known version of Heartbreaker. You heard the remix more than the original all, 100% all the time back then. You never really ever heard Heartbreaker, Heartbreaker. You always heard the remix. Always. I wonder why that is, though, because the other version went to number one. The other version started off being played all the time. And then somewhere down the line, it sort of switched. And then it, if it was a clip, if it was on MTV or whatever music channels, it was then always the remix. I don't know at what point, but it did switch. And I, don't, I never understood why that happened. This was the era of TRL, so... I, I just, I remember it always being on TRL. And I remember it going number one on TRL. It was just, this was the version. I never heard the original version of Heartbreaker ever on the radio or MTV. Well, I did once or twice on MTV, but it was always the remix. Always. I heard the original on the radio over here. And that's why I fell in love with it. And I was just like, oh my God, I need this. I need this. I do like the Heartbreaker remix. I think it's great that she's got the brat and Missy on a record with her. I would love to hear more. I know there's another a remix of 4th of July with Missy, but it's not the same. This is like, it's they've made it as a brand new song. This is more of a collaborative effort. I like the way that the, the voices are, like the contrast of how their voices go throughout the song. I think it's, it's fun. It's a lot more mellow. It's a lot more smooth. It's different. And I, I could, I couldn't go, I can go and listen to this on its own without listening to the original. I do feel I go more towards the original because it's in the same vein as Dream Lover, Fantasy, Honey, of course. So that always cries out to me and it will never stop crying out to me for more reasons than it just being the bigger song. Do you think it's because of the sample? Because the sample in um, the remix of Heartbreaker is more recent than the sample that's in the original version of Heartbreaker. I think it was more that Mariah preferred this version, so she pushed it more. She was always pushing the remix. Always. I remember her doing that. So to me also, I don't hate that it's on there because after Heartbreaker remix, we go into the vulnerability interlude, which sounds good where it's at. 
and it matches lyrically the heartbreaker moment and then it builds into against all odds so i i don't mind that it's there it's just that there's two of them so it's like whatever to me does that make sense it makes sense it is perfectly placed on the album going into the vulnerability interlude but yeah yeah. and and it sounds different than the original it's just the same chorus it's just I don't right, know. right. And then into that, we go into the vulnerability interlude. If you guys are ready, we're going to go. Are you guys cool with that? Yeah, I'm ready. So so with that, we go into the vulnerability interlude, which also lyrically is from Heartbreaker as well. So there are three tracks on here that are giving Heartbreaker. But this is a much more slowed down, like more vulnerable version of it's the most vulnerable version of the why'd you go and break my heart when I was so vulnerable. Yeah. A very Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis esque kind of sound. Very Janet. Very. Yes. All for, like you said, very Janet, very all for you. Yes. I love her interludes. I'll say it again. So I love it. It's really nothing, but it's, I, I do love it. I actually, actually yesterday when I was, <laughs> when I was forcing myself quote unquote to listen to this album, my one replay was the vulnerability interlude. It's a yummy song interlude thing, but there's not much to say about it. I, I gotta say, I don't really have anything to say about it. I do like we get a little bit of a a note, you know, a bigger note in it, but it it's it's a nice bridge from something so heavily hip hop influenced into the next track. Into against all odds, which is what I said before, and all and. With that, we can go straight into Against All Odds because this is an interlude. We can literally just mention it and we talked about yeah, it. Just so, a bridge. You, you said it perfectly, Gareth. It's just the bridge to track eight against all odds. Gee, this is your favorite song of the album, no? Why you got to throw me <laughs> under the bus like yeah, that? You don't like this song? <laughs> okay, listening to it yesterday... I figured out the reason why I don't love it. I love the Phil Collins version. It's Mm. the version I heard first. It's the same issue with Can't Take That Away. She gets shouting. It's good. It's more impressive to me than it's emotionally giving it. But she gets shouty. I love some of the runs when she says, um, when she says, take a look at me now on the first and second chorus. I love the build. I love the lyrics i love it and for a mariah cover it's one that i like more than other other covers yeah but i don't like shouty ballad mariah i like we sang that mariah and that's where my problem lies with against all odds and the remix with with westlife is not good either well yeah i was gonna say that lambs despise this remix but do you prefer Against all odds over can't take that away because I do. That's a tough one. To me, they're both on the same, like, I appreciate you, but you're going to sit over there. I think I like can't take that away more because lyrically it's more Mariah because it's not a cover, but that isn't, that's very biased. So it's not, it's not that I have any sort of hard feelings for against all odds anymore. I used to just be like, I'm skipping it because I I don't like it. But I didn't really ever think about what don't you like about it because I knew there were certain things I liked about it. 
Gareth, you must have more nostalgia with this song because this song was released internationally and it wasn't released here in America. What kind of nostalgia do you have from this song? I remember I did like it for a very brief period. I, I bought the CD. Again, I don't know where that is right now, but I did like it. It was constantly played on MTV on the radio. I don't know if any other English lambs can remember this or can relate to what I'm about to say if they remember it this way, but I just feel like it was everywhere. It did go to number one over here. It was her second number one. Um, Westlife were huge then. Westlife, literally every single song that Westlife put out was number one all the time. And I find them so boring, so boring. Can I, can I just say, I've, I've actually heard a few Westlife songs that I do enjoy, but to me... This seemed like another song we'll get to. It seemed like let's capitalize on the boys to men moment, which we will definitely get to. But <laughs> I needed to say that with that because that's how I feel. But we will it get was, there. We it was more there. of let's it was more of let's capitalize on the boy band movement that's happening at this moment. Because this was at the moment when the boy bands were really popping off for mm-hmm. some reason. Right. an instinct thing too yes it is yeah but i also okay so then we'll get to that later then because i brought it up we'll talk about that later but it's it's giving me that same vibe i liked it i did like it um and then i when i finally got my hands on the rainbow album because i got the rainbow album after that came out after the single came out and it had just mariah on her own i thought okay i do like this better but i do relate to what g is saying with the scratch uh, not scratches the shouting the yelling like the verses are lovely but when she really and the builds are quite nice but when she really gets to that big crescendo it's just like ooh, okay um had it have been a duet with just the the bigger vocalist from Westlife on his own. I mean, he wouldn't have done that then because they were really at their peak. Had he had she have done the, the the song with just him or of a vocalist of that kind of caliber, then it could have been better. Possibly, <laughs> I don't feel hundred percent confident saying that, but I feel like it could have been because it was just it just felt like it was a Westlife's song over here, and it wasn't. She'd done it first and it was like that was offered for them to do with her. But it just felt it was mainly theirs. And I got bored of it very quickly. Yeah, we didn't. It was never released here. So it wasn't a thing here. So I don't have any kind of attachment to the Westlife song. It was more just the album version because I never really heard the Westlife song until years later. But I knew that it was big internationally in the UK. Yeah. I mean, it, it could have also been an attempt for them to break into America. I don't know if they ever did. They um, did a little bit. I think they had one or two songs that did mediocre. But um, other than that, they just kind of fell off. Yeah, they've just reunited like, a few, well, a couple of years ago. And I think Ed Sheeran wrote like most of their album for them. But again, don't know what's happened there either. The video sucked for, oh, for vi- um, yeah, I'm sorry, but <laughs> no, the video... I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just had to go there. I had to go, both of them, both of the videos are, wait, is there just one, the Westlife one? one yeah. I, yeah, the Westlife one sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. But the, I do like the videos of Capri is cute. It's cute. With the budget that they would have both had at that time as well, they could have done a better video. I mean, I'm sure their schedules didn't allow it, but you know, they could have done something else. 
I'm sure. I honestly don't even remember the video. I've maybe probably seen it once in my life. They just went around. I think it's like Capri, and then they're on a boat, and maybe yeah. a dolphin, <laughs> maybe a maybe a blue grotto. I don't know. It's like I think it's Capri. It might yeah. not be. And then there's some studio it, bits. It's just like a footage video. It literally is. It's giving me. I'm trying to do. Like, but we will get there. I'm sorry. So the next one is Crybaby featuring Snoop Dogg. The lost single from the album? You mean the lost number <laughs> the lost number one of the album? The criminally Crybaby. underrated the song crimin- from the album. The criminally underrated lost number one song of the album. Crybaby. Yeah. The cry. <laughs> <laughs> This song is my favorite song on the entire album. This song, I could hear it on Butterfly. I literally could hear the song. This would be, in my opinion, an afterbirth, a good afterbirth of Butterfly. That's that's literally like Heartbreaker number one. And what's the other song after tonight? And this song are very clearly like afterbirth Butterfly moments. And and pedals, I think pedals and the interludes. Like I feel like I feel a vibe, but that also could be because this could be considered the part two of um, Baby Doll, right? That's just about to say the same. Yeah, thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is we're totally we're like, on the same we're on the same lane. Like it's like two eleven and I'm stressing. Okay, it's five a.m. and I still cannot sleep bitch i'm about to start drinking like yes it's totally giving me that and you know every lamb started drinking bailey's cream after they heard this song (laughs) now i want to put some baileys in my in my um fruity pebbles i want to try that i'm maybe like and i also saw a lamb shout out to this lamb who made a crybaby milkshake with like a bailey's milkshake and fruity pebbles it looked very good oh wow that's really unique. I, send that to me if you if you see that. Yeah, yeah, they're on Twitter. It's it's really they're really cool, and they have a YouTube channel. What's I also want to say about this song is it has my most favorite moment in the entire album, and I know you know Cry. what I'm talking about. I was referring to <laughs> I don't get no sleep. Here. I'm up all week. That is the best part of the album. I don't get no sleep. I'm up all week. Can't stop thinking of you and me and everything we used to be. It could have been so perfect. Perfectly See, I cry. cry. I cry. I cry. That is the I best. Cry. That, is the vocal, that is the vocal standout of the entire album to me. It is, oh, I love it so much. It is iconic Mariah Carey to me. To me, the rasp works. It doesn't get too shouty. And if it does get too shouty on this moment, it, it works because of the song type. I don't the like the shouting it. I don't, the desperation, the the longing and the like up at 5 a.m. in my new friend's home. I'm not over the last situation, but I need to get over it. And it fits in perfectly with Mariah's motif of I need to put on and just be Mariah Carey and not breakdown you know and it's my favorite song on the album it's my favorite Same. song it's my it's one of my song. favorite mariah songs ever it's so yeah. good heartbreaker <laughs> and crybaby are the songs i go to when i want to listen to any song on rainbow and it it should have been a single it could have been the lead single it could have been 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 
It should it have been a lost in the It would have been. It could have been a number one. It would have been a number one, I feel like. It got lost in the Tommy Matola Sony mix. It was sabotage. This is a gem. This is a lost gem. It is. It's one of those those amazing Mariah Carey songs that more people should know more about, but they don't. Like The Roof. You put it in that category. And this is the reason why I fell in love with Mariah Carey as an artist. And why I, when I heard all the tracks and I pieced Butterfly together and I heard it all together at once and I started consuming music in a different way, I found songs that I would have never heard if I had only listened to singles. And that's why she changed the landscape of you need to try and listen to the whole album of an artist if you connect to the big song that they wrote because that that hidden melt away, that hidden long ago, that hidden alone in love, that you know that song that's on there that's not going to get the push because it didn't have whatever that other people were looking for underneath the stars it has exactly it it has special star quality thing that that has the star quality of what you fell in love with that artist for to begin with and and it's it's better than some songs that went to number one in my opinion it it's I could go on forever and ever and ever and ever about Crybaby. I could go on about the music video and the silk pajamas and the bathtub and the hair and, and the, the stereo the, and and the stereo, the old ass boombox and the throwing of the smashing of the glass at the window because I'm over it. The overflowing the stereo. Phone. <laughs> yes, the the old text message phone. Oh. <laughs> yes. Me and Diego always joke when we're hungry. We always say. On my tippy toes to the kitchen hoe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this song is top tier. Yeah, this song's golden. It's probably one of those that I try and force on people that are fans or will tolerate listening to Mariah, you know, people that aren't really, you know, toe in the water kind of people. But like, I would always try and force the song because I'm, I'm always trying to like play stuff to people that like will make them fall in love or think, oh, this is, a, this is actually a good song. Oh, I like this. I like the way she sings this. Or I've never heard this before. Or I know this song and I didn't know that she sung it. Those moments, always try and force them onto people just so to open up another kind of like layer to other people about Mariah Carey. And people just end up talking through it when I do it. And I'm like, why? This is a song where you, you, you get sucked in. It's my biased opinion. Whenever this song comes on, I shut the fuck up and listen and absorb. Same. Even her play on word with cry baby. She doesn't say cry baby. She's, she says, I cry baby. Yeah. That, that's just the genius of Mariah. I love that. I can really connect to what you said, Gareth, because to me, that's cry baby is a song that I play around people who don't like Mariah because I know that it's such a good song and I know that they will like it. And then when I'm like, oh, it's Mariah, they'll be like, wait, what? Like, I know that it's a good song. I know that it has that, like, it doesn't have that, like, sweet, sweet fantasy baby polished, like, super bubble gum. Mm-hmm. It really is, like, a different side that not everybody sees at number one. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. It has the beat to get you to listen to it, to get you hooked into it. It's got a really, like, nice backing track to it. But then, you know, she's telling a story. It's like, okay, let's take a moment. Let's have a talk. Let's chat. And she's really describing exactly how she's feeling. You can, without even without the video, because I didn't even know that a video existed until, like, 2003 for this song. And same, so, same. I, 
I could already picture something very similar in my head to the music video. It's very picturesque, the song. Kind of a camp video, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very slick. Well, probably looks a bit tacky like now, but like then that was like slick, like living in um, probably what would be a penthouse apartment in New York, I'm guessing, with all that, the mod cons around, even the, the CD player or whatever that is, that is like brand new at that time. And watching it back now, it's a little bit like, oh, okay, you know, but um. <laughs> I just remember watching it in 2003 thinking, this is so slick, this video. How have I not seen this video? How has this video never no. played to me? But what you're saying, though, what you're you're describing is an aesthetic. And that is something that is in now. It's the 90s aesthetic. It is a trend. It's a vibe. It's a mood. It is the past. It's literally a time capsule of once of what once was revolutionary. You know, it literally saying? starts with that archaic song. Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're at track 10. Did I do that? Um, this is another one of those songs that is not liked by the Lamely for some reason. But honestly, this is my second favorite song on the album. Know. I love this song so much. Again, because it's another Mariah Bitch track. Right. And it's featuring Mystical. And he was he was big back in the day. And it samples It Ain't My Fault by Silk the Shocker. Yeah. Um, was Mystical on that? I don't know anything about this particular like original song of It Ain't My Fault. So I don't know if he's... Is he on that? I heard way? it the other day on the radio, actually. I can't... I don't think he is. Cause I, I don't remember, to be honest. I always assumed that it was something to do with him, the original song of the sample, because he's not really there that much on Did I Do That? It's just he's just of, hollering in the back like JD. Yeah, but like a bit of a growl kind of thing. He's on Don't Stop more than he is on this, but... Yeah, um, and I love Don't Stop too. Yeah, I do like the song for the, for the same reasons. I think it's a great song. I It's kind of like hard hip-hop sound to it but it's the lyrics are giving me everything the second verse in particular at the time I had some pretty like toxic friends although obviously we didn't use that terminology then but like this this second verse summed that situation up for me so much and so well that I, I then realized okay I need to sort of distance myself from them so yeah this, I, same I went through the same thing yeah. because it opens up with that line I hope when you hear this song that you know that it's meant for you. I love that. That's just so, I love when Mariah is ratchet. I just love it. And that's why I'm about to love when she gets with Mulatto because I hang with Mulatto when I'm trying to ratchet. Hey. <laughs> anyway, I actually don't, I, I don't dislike did I do that. Lyrically, it's genius. Obviously, I, I think it's a sound that is trapped in the 90s. but. For a song that is like <laughs> the end of an album, like on whatever, it's very good. And I don't know who it's about, if it's about Derek or anything like that, but I can totally relate to it. I've had friends that I'm like, was I really friends with them? Boyfriends, like, did I really do that? Of course, I can completely relate to it, but it's not a song that I go and search. It's not a song that I 
yearn for. But I it do. Is a good, I, it is a, it's a good song. I love this song. I listen to this song all the time. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> it gives you so much confidence. It, it's, like, don't fuck with me, bitch. Yeah, it's 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 very much a statement. I love this. Yes, Gia. I th- <laughs> I think I think the thing that I dislike about it is the we can't stop. We can't stop over the whole <laughs> over the whole thing. And that's what I don't like. I think that it's it is a confidence booster. It is it is one of the songs that's in the vein of clown obsessed. Oh no no. Yeah. A diss track. And I love a Mariah diss track. That's what Same. I love about it. It's it's not the sound that I love. It's the, the attitude. So moving forward, we're going to get into a pretty big song from the album. And it's one of the better ones, in my opinion. And it is Petals. Iconic. And I'm not, I'm not saying, like, of, her, all, of all of her songs, it's iconic, whatever. I'm not going to battle it out against anything. But as soon as you hear that piano... The, the the way the piano plays that could be i don't know it gives me beatles vibes you know when you hear songs like let it be and the intros to some of the beatles songs and you think oh this is an anthem it gives me similar vibes even though it doesn't have a huge epic chorus or anything like that it, it just it gives me that kind of anthemic feel don't say beatles because i don't know we're gunning for the 20th number one here so i don't know slow down down. (laughs) imagine if it was petals the 20th number one (laughs) i mean i don't think it could have i don't think it could have not been a big song or a single like i think it could have been a a bigger song but i don't think it's the type of song that should be a single yeah same this is another one of those Mariah songs that I did not appreciate when I was younger and it was I would skip it. It it is one of her most personal songs, but today it's one of the few Mariah songs that can make me cry because I've had a lot of family issues, so I just kind of listen to that song to kind of heal a little bit, but um I kind of put it in the league with like Reflections because there's only two songs that make me cry by Mariah Carey and it's Reflections and Petals. So, it's it's a little deep I'll listen to it when I'm not really happy with things, but mm-hmm. yeah. I find it's more, well, I mean, it's different experiences and different term um, interpretations, of course, but like, I always find it's it's the perfect prequel to Sunflowers for Alfred Roy. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, I, I can see it in that league. They do sound very similar, you know, in place. For me, Petals is the reason why I started investing back into rainbow again and in turn back into mariah again recently and it's because of a certain situation that has gone on and the lyrics specifically that i can relate to are so many i've considered closest to me turned on a dime and sold me out dutifully and i I just i just feel like i can fucking i can fucking count out all the fucking times i felt like i was so invested so fucking there for somebody a friend a family member a relationship whatever have you like ride or fucking die and they were just like snap of the finger and it was like fucking threw you out like shit and i'm not trying to get too emotional in this episode but this this is one of those songs that i it's the one of the Mariah songs that I'm closest to. It's closer to me than close my eyes. It's closer to me than looking in. 
it's almost up there with outside for me and like through the rain remix like even though that's it's a remix and it's not the same sort of thing this song helps me process my emotions in a way that I didn't know how to before and this is a reason why I feel like loving Mariah is a good thing for me because I didn't know how to to say like this isn't a good situation for me this is too draining for me. I'm overextending myself in this situation. I don't know what's going on. People are taking advantage of me. And just having somebody else who has gone through that sort of situation and be able to fully articulate what I'm going through in a multitude of different situations, just encapsulate that into something so general. It's, it was groundbreaking for me. And it was something that I never had before. Musically. I relate to that on the same exact level with it. And even with that lyric, so many I can say you got closest to me, turn on a dime and sold me out due to sleep. That's when like I start crying. That's, that's when I start yeah. being like, yeah. because it's that's when I start being like, oh my God, like I I I can't with anyone. Like, yeah, it's it's a song that I go to when I know, like, like I, I said this in a live, remember? If people in your life are making you like listen to pedals, it's time to cut them off. Remember that, Nick? Like it's it's a thing. It's like I'm deviating and I'm regressing to a point where emotionally I'm going to a place where I need Mariah for this. It's time to move forward in a different way with you. That's how I feel. Period. And a really unique thing about this song, though, too, is that she calls out different people. Dandelion, Little Sis, Little Brother, and Valentine. We obviously know who Valentine is, Tommy. Is Dandelion Allison? Dandelion T. Did you not read the book? I did read the book. I don't remember. I didn't remember that. Remember book. the chapter Dandelion T, where um, Allison burned her fucking sister with the scalding hot tea and okay, the yeah. lyric. Uh, okay, yeah, I remember. Yes, honey. And little sis and little brother, that's, I was under the assumption that was Tommy's kids. I've always assumed that. But I have no idea. I don't know if she is looking down upon her 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 siblings as like, I feel like I'm more mature than you. Therefore, you are my little sister and my little brother. And I'm older than you. Or I'm stuck in this situation and you're the kids around. And I identify with you more as brother and sister than like I'm your mother, your stepmother, because the situation is so hazardous that like I don't even identify with you as like my lover. So either I, way. I, was under the assu- I was under the assumption that it was his kids because she was allegedly close to them. Lambs, if you know anything, let us know, because I always am stumped on this one. I always assumed it was more to do with the, because she was always the one that was like paying things out for her sister and helping her sister like financially and stuff because of her situation. I always felt like she probably felt like she was the caregiver. She was the one that they were dependent on because like she said, around the time of the book, she was like an ATM with a wig on. So I've always associated it with her brother and sister, but. I I, I always think about both of the ways, because like I said, since 18, 19, 20, you know, she has been a level of successful that they have only probably dreamt about and have never worked to achieve. So I just feel like Mariah's maturity level was just leagues beyond her siblings. And I I don't 
want to necessarily relate that to those lyrics, but I can't help but think about it. Yeah, I can't either. That's a good point. But it perfectly like leads into the rainbow interlude, which is gorgeous itself. I think it could have been a full song. Yes, I really wish there was an extended version of it. Mm-hmm. Like Fly Away. That was a missed opportunity. Oh, yeah. I never really thought about it as a dance track, but that could have been cute. Like this could have been like the intro to a big dance moment, but even as like a retrospective moment, wouldn't have had it after Petals though, if that was the case. So maybe that's all in uh, Rainbow ever was going to be anyway. But um, if there is a full song, then I kind of get why it was kept to an interlude. But yeah, I just feel like there could be could have been more, whether it's a full song in the same body that we've got or whether it was a dance moment. But like either way, I feel like there should be more. I agree. To me, to me, the rainbow interlude is the perfect like breath of fresh air, like sigh of relief moment after pedals, like the emotional like baggage has been released. I know there will be better things for me sort of situation. And I I listen to Petals and the Rainbow Interlude together oftentimes because I feel like it's a package deal with them. Yeah, you can't listen. The the beginning of the Rainbow Interlude ends with the end of Petals, like the rainstorm clouds going into it. There's a version of the Rainbow Interlude on the, I can't remember what it's called. It's like Playlist Live. It's like her most loved tracks by the fans which doesn't have a fade out at the end so it's a little bit different but it's not different but that's really unique but i feel like it's perfectly placed on the album and it's another jimmy jam and terry lewis janet jackson-esque interlude yeah yes and that's i like albums that flow one song into the next and that's that's partially why i love janet jackson albums like i love interludes that go into the next thing so i do really value this album in that respect i like that it's a story and you can see the arc of where we're going and this pedals and the rainbow interlude to me that is the big climax of the album that is the like the i needed to release that and then we're going into something basically this is where the album ends for gia I mean, the track wouldn't end for me if she had put the Make It Last a remix on the album, which is far superior, in my opinion, and features <laughs> similar cast, so... Which leads us into the last track, track 14. <laughs> the most hated number one in the whole entire Lamely. Thank God I found you. Apart from Someday, of course. I think they hate Thank God I Found You more than Someday. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But I do feel like Sunday gets a lot of undeserved flack. But I I agree. Thank God I found you is probably the least liked number one across the board. In the album track, or the single, anyway, it's the same, that 98 Degrees aren't really giving anything apart from backing harmonies. There's not really much of a presence for them. Anyone could have done those uh, backing vocals even if she'd have layered up her own vocals and a bit of la- a layering from joe it still could have been a cute moment so i kind of get what you're saying like it would be neither here nor there uh, to have that on there i don't know i like this i feel like it does serve a purpose it's a nice song again it's a bit of a throwaway moment like with the westlife thing it's it it doesn't give anything new but i i like the vocals i like the chorus the chorus is very much how i would imagine a jingle from hallmark i i like the song i like the song 
I remember when this song went number one, because I have never in my life heard this song on the radio. When I heard this song was number one, I was shocked. I was like, how? How did that happen? I don't hate the song, though. I don't hate it. I'll listen to it. I used to love 98 Degrees. They were my favorite boy band back in the day. So I, I like this song. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I like it. It's whatever. <laughs> I think 98 Degrees to the UK is exactly what Westlife is to the US. Because we didn't really have, we know of them, but we didn't really have them. I, they like were like, 98 de- I like 98 Degrees. They were like the third most popular boy band here in America back in the day. They were like, really? yeah, they weren't as good as Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. They were just like the Walmart version of Backstreet Boys. <laughs> they were. Yeah. But I but like you know them. Mar- but you know Mariah's ratchet like that. So that's how, <laughs> that's, no, but she's always on the up and coming. It, it, it is like that, I feel. And yeah. I, I don't... <sighs> listening okay back to listening to this album yesterday this was the song i was like no i i'm halfway through it i'm good like i I, I was just like and why am i doing this i was like why am i doing this to myself right now i don't i don't like what's the point of this i was like can I, I, and then I literally, I put on the Make It Last remix. I was just like, this is where the album is for me. <laughs> but I feel like I jumped the gun a little bit. This is the, oh my God, One Sweet Day recapitalized moment. And, and that's why I'm just like, whatever. It's, I mean, it's not that's why. Also, it's like, I don't like it, but it's cheesy. It's very cheesy. I don't really get that vibe, the One Sweet Day vibe at all. I get, like, again, like I said before, she was trying to capitalize on the boy band phenomenon. Right, but the first boy band she really did something with was, like, One Sweet Day. And that's, I know it's not, like, a song about death and, like, I'll see you again, One Sweet Day, or, like, Bye Bye. Even though Bye Bye is, like, definitely, again, like, a One Sweet Day sort of thing. But it it just gives me, like... Minus the boy band. Right, minus the boy band. Like if you mix bye bye and and thank God I found you together, it'd be literally one sweet day. And she already did that. So I'm over it. <laughs> Let's talk about the um the single cover for this because I think that the single cover, the blue one with the rainbow in the background, that could have been a cover for Rainbow. That was really, really pretty. I like the blues from the video as well. I think that was really pretty. I'm trying to find the silver lining in this. Yeah, I didn't really get the video. The video was just nothing. I like the green, the green version of the crop top. You know, the crocheted moment. I love, mm. I love the ensembles. I love the straight hair. I like the standing on the stage with the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was cute. Didn't she have like a jean skirt, a long jean skirt in this one? I think I know you guys aren't into the fashion as much as I am, but. I think it was like the green version of the Heartbreaker top, but longer and then a long jeans. I thought she had trousers on, but I'm, I don't maybe, know. Maybe it was, maybe it was baggy jeans. I think, I, I don't know. I, I could I be, literally, be I literally never watched the video for this. Never listened to the song. Skip it every time. I, I literally skipped it out of spite. I was like, yeah, I made it to the end. I'm halfway through. I'm not doing it. It's just not happening. <laughs> he pressed stop so, and threw your phone across the room. 
the Make It Happen remix or Make It, what is it? The what Make remix? It Last. Make, make it, but the, <laughs> but the make it last make it, remix is incredible. I feel yeah. like that's the reason why it went to number one. You know, if the single had that remix on it, I'm like I'm only buying the single for the remix. So well, that's she how released. I feel. She didn't even release it on that single. She released two different singles. She released the she make did. it last single, and then yep. she released um just the thank god i found you with like the stargate remix on it so it was a totally different single but that's what mariah used to do back in the day she used to remix all her songs and make them different songs you taste like banana cake shape like the number eight like the number eight you're my number one candidate candidate. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's so good it's, it's so iconic. Good. It's so good. And the video is Hood Raya. You can't hate Hood on Raya. Hood Raya. Yes. With yeah. the braids. With the braids. And the hat. <laughs> <laughs> Love that hat back in the day. Oh, my goodness. So for me, I will say I love Thank God I Found You, the remix. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, but that's a silver lining in it. I love that Mariah has songs like, let's, like the one, for example. I don't love the album version, but I'm what? so, I about that when we talk about Charm Bracelet, but I love the remix. I just love Mariah R&B remixes of things. She does that so well. She does. So so that's how I feel about Rainbow. Should we go in and like give our rank of like, yeah, let's, okay. out of, out of one through 10, what would you rank Rainbow? I rank Rainbow an eight out of 10. I want to say seven out of 10. I feel that's genuine to me. I was thinking I want to go one below what Nick did, but I thought nine in my head, but I was hearing, I was like thinking seven. I was like trying to say seven, but think nine. And I was like, this isn't a nine, but it's not, it's, I, I'll say 7.5. Let's say 7.5. That's That's generous of you, Gia. (laughs) What are your top three tracks? It's going to be Petals, Cry Baby, and Heartbreaker. What about you? Mine are Cry Baby, Ex-Girlfriend, and Did I Do That? I feel like you're just trying to be like, I like the songs that other people don't like. That's how no, I feel. I really That's- always love these songs. And I was shocked when I found out that people didn't like those songs. Okay. Okay. I Genuinely, I was. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> Garrett? I think I was going to say Cry Baby, Ex-Girlfriend and Heartbreak, just because I feel like they are the standalone standout tracks from the album. So we all but I, agree with but Rainbow, Rainbow Interlude for me is connected to Petals, so. Well, but that's it. We uh, did I it. mean, the remixes, like I do love the Make It Last remix, the Can't Take That Away Triumphant Revival, and the the Love Hangover Heartbreaker. Oh, we didn't even we didn't, talk about Love We didn't even talk about Love Hangover Heartbreaker. And, Bitch, and then, I love that song. Yeah, that's so good. The intro, it's so seductive, so sexy. That's very oh, bedroom. Yes. I would take that over Bliss in the bedroom any day. <laughs> And then, yeah. I would take that over how much, but I would keep uh, yeah. Um. Well, that's how I feel about Rainbow. Unless you guys have anything else we haven't said. I'm good. That's all I got to say about Rainbow. Like I said, I'm going to reiterate this again. For an album that was made in three months to get out of a contract, it was done very well. It doesn't feel like, let me rush this. And it's still relevant today. It still comes around every June. The imagery is everything. It's an iconic Mariah album, period. It's the, it's the Pride album. It's the album for the gays. And it wasn't meant to be that, but that's what it became. And there's a lot of, a lot of, that, a lot of lyrics and sound to that that is super gay. Our girl's an LGBTQ icon. 
And I can't wait to see what the Pride merch looks like this year. If we get any, fingers crossed. We get it every year now. It's like all I want for Christmas is you. Every June, we're going to get some gay merch. It'll be here. It's inevitable. Hopefully this June, it'll be new album merch. Period. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not. My breath. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take, I'll take new merch. The last merch was very good. Thank you very much for listening to the Obsessed Podcast. This has been our Rainbow Album Review. Okay, guys, thank you for listening to the Obsessed Podcast. This has been our Rainbow Album Review. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are now on Reddit. Don't forget to drop us five stars. And join us next time for the Obsessed Podcast. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Gia, you need to say bye. She's probably going to the bathroom again. Bye.